peace, peace, and welcome. Uh, this is Cook on Quarantine. I am here with um, one of the young pioneers, blazing trails, um, you know, our version of, uh, you know, whoever you thought you heard about in politics that was um, prominent, important, changing the face of how we view uh, change in our community. Mr. Johnson is that times 10. He's 10x that. He's 10x AOC. He's 10x Barack Obama. <laughs> man, I appreciate the flowers, man. <laughs> Mr. Johnson, Councilman. Do, yes, sir. Uh, the way you pronounce your first name is um, Delumus. Dimless. The N is silent. Dimless. Dimless. Yep. Dimless Johnson, uh, Richmond City. Council member, welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, so um, I typically do a podcast called Cook on Monday Morning, which releases an episode every Monday morning. But since everyone's on quarantine, um, I thought why not increase the amount of conversations I'm doing with people that, um, you know, are change makers that are trying to grapple with this issue in their um, in their city and uh, talk about, you know, their story, how they're adjusting to this moment, like how they're, what they're seeing, you know, um, and we can just unfold a conversation from there. So thanks for experimenting. This is like the second time I'm doing this. So I appreciate it. Of you. course, of <laughs> course. And, you know, Zoom is most definitely having its own renaissance during this pandemic. Um, and I think that's, you know, to, to start, I think that's, that's the perfect way that I've been looking at this entire situation in, 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 in an attempt to not let it bring me down or get to, or get to me is how can I find the zoom in this entire pandemic? Where's the opportunity? Where's the silver lining? Where, cause they're, they're, we don't know the end date, but it has to end one day. What is the potential opportunity going to look like after that? And how can we set it up towards where everybody have has access to that opportunity and so you know that's that was just a quick little tangent in regards to you know there's been an experiment i think we we are we're in the middle of a real experiment right now in terms of um living history um in terms of um adapting to it i think right now you know you ask like how how we how am i dealing with this current situation um it's it's ever evolving right like no like never in my life i've been quarantined and so you know this is it's it's all new um but as i was joking with somebody have joking with somebody i grew up in the iron triangle in richmond california sometimes you just couldn't go outside so there's also that level of understanding as well mm -hmm. um but for me personally uh as i mentioned you know just trying to to remain in high spirits and see like the opportunity in a situation like this, for example. Um, and I, people, this is most definitely a tragic situation and people need to take it as need to take it serious. And one thing that I always tell people, in addition to being on city council, I'm also um, a master's candidate at the university of California, Berkeley's Goldman school of public policy, um, just from a public policy perspective. And as a member of the city council, you know, hearing individuals say that this, pandemic and the coverage of it is being overblown and it's not that serious, you know, I most definitely want to take the time to say it is that serious. 
And, you know, especially from a government and public policy perspective, you really want to overshoot it rather than undershoot it. You know, you don't you don't want to you want to look back and say, well, maybe we didn't need all of that versus, well, maybe we should have done more. And of course, there's always going to be those conversations around doing more. But I say all of that to say, like, this is a very serious situation. It needs to be taken serious. This isn't just the flu as some of your YouTube and Facebook and social media philosophers like to have us believe, um, this is a serious pandemic and this is something that can really, in terms of people with low to no access to healthcare, can take, can wipe us out. So I wanna make sure I give that disclaimer before I start talking about um, opportunities and silver linings because those, these are things that we also have to have our mind on in an attempt to not let this the dreadfulness bring us down. Um, American Airlines stock and JetBlue stock has been under $15. You get what I'm saying? Like, and I've been able to put so many people onto the Robinhood app and, and invest in those stocks. And then the, once this pandemic is over, people are going to rebook flights, conferences are going to get rebooked, and people are going to have the, you know, access to those, to, those rise, to those stocks that are going to be rising in cost. And so in addition to that, um, you know, utilizing social media as an attempt to connect with, um, connect with constituents. Oh, you know, I lost so you, brother Johnson. Okay, okay. Let me know when we're good. Let's see. Did I lose you? Oh, you, you can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. We, we left off. But you were talking about um, uh, American Airlines and um, and the Robinhood app. I, I actually use um, an app called Acorn, and I, I'm sure you heard of that. But it's okay. like the um, the Roundup. You uh, you know you can you can invest the change if you spend like three dollars and twenty seven cent at a cafe. Uh, you can automatically round up to four and that difference will go to um, a stock fund. Like I have a contribution with that. And um, I've been using that for about a, a year and a half, just like, you know, but I have like uh, multiple investment accounts and financial mm -hmm. is something that we should get into. I know that um, we can get into uh, and I want to echo your, uh, the, the two things that you're holding about, like seriousness and silver linings. I think mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I don't know. I think I, on the one hand, people like you and me, you know, have been conditioned to figure out like how can I make the 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 most opportunity of this dire situation. Like you mm -hmm. talking about the iron triangle, which you didn't really unpack. Like people may not like, what's the iron triangle? Like what is really California? Um, you know, who is Councilmember Johnson? Like, you know, so I, I met you like in, uh, <laughs> I met you in Miami and we have, we could probably talk about some, I, I, we, I share some funny stories about the conference that I met you at in Miami. Um, but you are in your late twenties, you're the youngest member of the city council in mm -hmm. Richmond. Um, so let's do like a one minute, like overview of uh, who is uh, doomless, right? Doomless. Dimless. 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 Okay. Yeah. Dimless. Who is Dimless Johnson? Um, so, yeah, man. It's like I, the third, right? Is it the third yeah. or the eighth? 
The third, he said the third or the eighth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. Dumas Dim- Johnson the third. Dimless Johnson the third. Dimless Johnson the third. Dimless yes. Dimless. All right. Go ahead, sir. So, so um, as mentioned, I was uh, I was born right here in West Count West Contra Costa, um, County, which is a part of Contra Costa County, ninth largest county in California, at Brookside Hospital in San Pablo. Um, stones throw away from Richmond, California, was raised in the Iron Triangle. Um, that's the formal name, formal name for, for the neighborhood that I grew up in. What we called it growing up and what we still call it to this day is Central Richmond. Um, grew up on 5th and Nevin. And I always tell people, it, according to the statistics and to the data, it was, a, it was a poor neighborhood. But I didn't feel like I grew up in a, neighbor, a poor neighborhood. I mean, there was, you know, violence and, and drug dealing and, and, and addiction taking place. But at the same time, it's, it was it was a black – it was – the remnants of a black community in the 1990s in 1990s California you get what I'm saying um, uh, if Richmond was a really big migration town um, great migration city during World War II a majority of my great-grandparents came to work in the Kaiser shipyards um, here in the city of Richmond um, my great-grand my grandfather owned the Savoy nightclub which is one of the blues nightclubs here in the city of Richmond you have the trifecta in the Bay Area the Fillmore District in San Francisco, West Oakland, in Oakland, California, in North Richmond, in Richmond, which is on a Friday, Saturday night. If you was black, you hit those three those three areas to to have a good time. And my grandfather was the owner of one of those good time spots. And so, you know, really deep roots here in the city of Richmond. Um, but then as I got older, um, you know, Richmond became increasingly more violent. Uh, in the, and so we ended up moving to Pittsburgh, California, um, which is down Highway 4, and which is where many people from Richmond, Pittsburgh, Richmond, San Francisco, and Oakland live today. Um, and ended up graduating from Pittsburgh Senior High School, went to St. Mary's College of California in Moraga for a year <laughs> before transferring to Howard University. Um, uh, H.U. You know. You like, so, you like the third or four of HU alumni I've had, I feel like I should have went. Like, I like everybody from Howard. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Not everybody, the people that I've met, you know. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's bison. You know, it's, it's hard to get away from us. Uh, and that's why I said 2015 was a good year because that's actually the year that I came out of Howard University. Um, came back home to Richmond, California, um, doing odd jobs before really getting involved with this nonprofit called For Richmond where I had the opportunity to work with some of our youth and um, community leaders. I was even taking some of the students to a live and free Academy in San Francisco to participate um, with Dr. Marshall. Yep. And so um, that happened. And then I transitioned into a community um, outreach worker position at Richmond high school where I coordinated both community and district resources for students and parents to be academically, socially, and economically successful. Um, around that time, I was also getting more involved with the city um, on different boards and commissions, such as the Economic Development Commission, where I became the youngest vice president, the youngest chair elected to that commission. Also got involved with the um, then called Citizens Police Review Commission, now called the Community Police Review Commission. Also the Richmond, Mu- Richmond Museum Association Board of Directors, the Salesian West County Boys and Girls Club Board of Directors. Um, 
Martin Luther King celebration directors, <laughs> Juneteenth celebration committee, you know, just a whole bunch of people involved. <laughs> just got home and, you know, just got real active. And then, yeah, you don't um, see. At, at that point in time, I was not. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of been the, the motif throughout my, throughout my life right now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, got involved with that. And then there was a point in time when the city council member had resigned from her seat to run for lieutenant governor and some individuals, you know, that I was, you know, I used to hang out. yep. You know, some individuals that I hang out with were like, Hey, you should go out for the appointment. And so I went out for the appointment. I did not get the appointment despite having a room full of supporters. Um, and that's when I realized that, you know, it's deeper than just having community support. I have to make a transition, as I always tell people, from activism into politics. And sometimes that can be tricky. Um, and so, you know, after that appointment process happened, a lot of individuals were encouraging me to run for office. And so um, I decided, you know, based off, based off their support, um, filed the paperwork and we ran in my opinion, a hell of a campaign um, and ended up not only being elected the youngest person in Richmond's history, but was also the top vote getter in an at-large election with three seats available. Wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. I mean, yeah, that's, and that's a, that's a great testament to you and everyone that decided to help um, because, you know, having run a few of these things and being in the middle of one right now, it's like um, the candidate is the catalyst, but they definitely don't do it alone. And so um, making history and, you know, is uh, as astounding as that is when you go through that resume and how you can recall all that you did. <laughs> I'm not surprised that you made some friends. Have <laughs> uh, you to, uh, you know, go, go out and do what you're currently doing. And I think like one of, one of the reasons that I was impressed by you, um, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I'm 34, right? I turn 35 next month. And um, and you are twenty what twenty twenty seven twenty seven and uh, you got elected. I got elected when I was twenty five. The okay. next day after election, I turned twenty six. Okay, okay. And so, um, what was that? Twenty eight, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was no last year was twenty nineteen. Twenty eighteen. Um, November twenty eighteen, and then I assumed office at the age of twenty six. Mm-hmm. And last year I had my 27th birthday, which was my first year in office, 2019. Okay. Yeah. Um, the first time that I ran, I was 28 and I lost that race and ran again at, at 31 or something like that. And, um, and, uh, but I didn't have it. I wasn't as together in my early twenties as you are. <laughs> that kind of led into your loud late twenties, right? Like you are really, um, you know, you're, you're moving. And that's, and when we talked, when we got together to talk, about um, opportunity in Richmond and what you were trying to bring to the city. Um, I knew that like you were actually about moving stuff. It wasn't just, I, I want a position, you know? Um, you were thinking about multiple intersections and even the fact that you've been continuing your education and policy. So uh, I, think, I think it's like obviously a great parallel because you are a policymaker, getting expertise, mastery on public policy. Um, you know, so for someone that moves as much as you going to all these meetings, like what's it like to like be in a house all day or, you know, (laughs) actually you should talk about too, 
what Richmond, if you can quickly catalog, like how Richmond has responded as a city in terms of when shelter in place started, what those conversations were like. like and I know because you're, you're sort of a, you're considered an essential worker, you're probably not inside all the time, um, how the city's changed over the last few weeks. So, um, and, and that's actually a great question because I just got off of a coronavirus update call with our city manager. The city of Richmond um, is a municipality. It functions within the larger county of Contra Costa County. So we're not, we don't have the city county um, duality like San Francisco has. So um, right now, the person that is in charge of running this emergency is our city manager, Laura Snyderman, who is the first um, woman to be hired as the city manager for the city of Richmond. She has the emergency operations team running seven days a week. Um, and I am very confident in her abilities to do that. She just updated me that um, our city council meetings are going to go virtual. Um, we have been holding them over the phone. We are trying to adopt ways to, we are trying to figure out ways um, to include live public comment. And so that way individuals won't have to send in public comment prior to. I think that has had, that has had a big impact on our city council meetings and the way we do business as well. Um, also, there's been a pause on some of the on closed sessions where we handle a lot of the city's litigation and other um, business, behind, you know, that we don't do an open session. So that's also going to resume at the at the upcoming city council meeting um, in regards to city services um, is down to essential services. Um, police fire permitting is done by appointment only. Um, the county is leading the health efforts. Our city manager, Richmond, is a hospital desert, although this is the city where the Kaiser Medical Plan started and the Kaiser Hospital originated, we have a, we have a very small and insufficient Kaiser Hospital. I'm just gonna, we have one, I'm thankful for it, but we don't have that many emergency beds and we do have um, Lifelong Medical Center that just finished a new facility, um, but they're you know primarily for chronic illnesses and, and diseases. Um, Doctors Medical Center slash Brookside where I was born, was recently um, closed and the property was bought and tore down to be to extend the casino parking lot. So we no longer have that. Um, so the city manager did tell me that there are some talks of, you know, some, we're, me, the colloquial term that we're using is kind of like field hospitals that the state and federal government are looking to set up. So we are lobbying to make sure that Richmond is at the front of the line um, when being considered just for the simple fact that we are a hospital desert and if the pandemic um, was to increase or if there was a heightened outbreak here in our region, in our area, um, there would be a serious strain on medical resources, which there already is without there being a pandemic. So um, aside from that, we're also trying to improve our enforcement efforts in terms of non-essential businesses mm -hmm. adhering to the shelter in place um, right now, our entire county, um, both city managers and police departments have adopted an education citation um, path. So that way, small businesses aren't that impacted through, the, through a financial citation. Um, but there have been talks of leveling that site, you know, those citations. So that way, individuals aren't taking advantage of, you know, the education citation route. So those are um, those are just some of the some of the things that's happening here in the city of Richmond and even throughout the broader Contra Costa and West County. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the the hospital the hospital desert. That's the term you use. Yes. Yeah. We're a hospital desert, a food desert. Richmond is a desert. Mm. Mm. 
Um, well, give give a little more. Co- All right. So uh, when you brought up Hospital Desert, right, it, it reminds me of our initial conversation only because you a lot of our discussion was um, was great because it talked about how to how to make Richmond like uh, economically vibrant and mm-hmm. um, how important it was to do that for minority owned businesses, black owned businesses, but for the people that, you know, but you were also, you, had, you also, I think more than that, had an emphasis on people of the city participating in economic growth, no matter who you are. Um, and so, you know, you bring that up. I think there, there's, there's that discussion happening nationally. Uh, our help, we've always had this discussion about insurance Mm-hmm. but the capacity of our medical facilities to really address um, any type of issue in, in a scalable way, like that's mm-hmm. like all over the place right now, right? Right. Um, what is, what would you say uh, has been some of the lessons you've learned? Oh, can you still see me? Yeah, I can still see you. Okay. Uh, the lessons you've learned um, trying to facilitate like people uh, coming to Richmond to either build or helping people there expand um, since you've been on the city council? Um, most, and I'm going to answer your question. I just wanted to make sure I answered the um, other question that you asked as well in terms of me having to be in the house after living this life. Of oh, around. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been rough for me, man. It's been rough for me. So I, I, I enjoy it, honestly. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, I good. go to I go to I go to school in Berkeley. I mean, most of everything that I do is here in Richmond. Mm-hmm. But then going to school in Berkeley and then having to come back and run back and forth to different meetings, um, or even just being in Richmond, having to zip across town, um, you know, those ten minute drives add up. And you know, the wear and tear on the vehicle, vehicles on the road, um, greenhouse gas emissions. You know, it just all of that stuff builds up and it adds to to, to a larger problem. And being able to be home, and I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I did have to find that balance between um, work and being at home because at a point in time I did I tried not to bring my work home so this was a place of you know relaxation so there was a period where I had to like no you have to do work at this point and then you relax um, but being able to be at home and you know have all of my meetings here so to speak um, you know I'm there but I'm here I don't have to. Um, drive or I don't have to um, the physical tax isn't there anymore I feel like I can do more you know I can make more meetings because at a certain point especially with me being in school I wasn't able to make all of the meetings um, that I was assigned to and so it's like being at home um, some meetings are canceled other meetings are virtual and one thing I realized about some meetings being virtual versus in person, virtual meetings sometimes, depending on the topic, happens a little bit quicker than non than in person than in person meetings. So that has been its own um, it's been its own struggle. But like I said, I've I've been enjoying it nonetheless. And in answering that question, I've lost the yeah, the, the question like that you asked. Right. Uh, some of the lessons you learned, the barriers you've seen, trying to bring. Yeah economic vitality to Richmond? Access to capital. Mm-hmm. Um, access to capital has been one of the biggest issues that I have been seeing um, here 
in the city of Richmond in terms of economic inclusivity, um, whether that's at the small business level or helping existing businesses scale up. Um, yeah, it's, it's access to capital and really making sure that individuals have the money to start a business. And, and if they have a business, have the funds to scale it up. And then coupled with that, there are resources. And when I say resources, like um, information on how to scale up a business or how to run a business that is scaling up or how to run a certain type of business that an individual may, be, may have an idea for, but not necessarily the experience in. Um, we do have the Renaissance Center as well as Richmond Main Street and several other um, business resources here in the city of Richmond. But when I run into everyday people who don't know about those resources and they just have an idea, um, you know, it's connecting them to those resources. Um, and, and that's another thing that this pandemic is offering an opportunity for organizations like that is to take these resources online. So that way people don't have to try to get off work and get down to the Renaissance Center or to a, a workshop after work, right? They can do it on online. And so it's really just been getting people access to capital and the um, education that they need in order to sustain a business or to grow a business. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that if, um, if you approach this situation and I, I, I definitely have come across a lot of people, the people who actually are most likely going to take time to come on and do this with me are, are people that, um, had a you know a habit of being like a producer and um and a habit of uh trying to make something out of nothing like okay yeah. i'm gonna start this i'm gonna figure it out i may not know um but i've also talked to a lot of people that have been so inundated with like the number of cases rising they're watching the news all the time they're like they're they're they are um I don't want to say crippled, but they're, they've been really weighed down with this overwhelming, overwhelming loom of like, um, I might die or like somebody around me is going to like, this is going to like plummet, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and then there are, there, there, that's, that's like that, that like, um, that's based on the information that they're seeing. They may know people that, have, that are positive um, of COVID as well. And then there are the people that, whose lives have been like drastically interrupted already, right? Like, um, like I run a consulting practice, most of my business was wiped out. Um, mm -hmm. People, you know, I have friends who own businesses, they've, some people have closed their business, some people have cut half their staff, and then there are other, other folks that were kind of just used to going to something, like maybe they didn't like their job that much, um, and now it's gone, you know, like they, they went to and from work, um, but they always kind of, they were used to going somewhere to have a job. It's like, you know, a number of cases, I know you're familiar with them. <laughs> and then there are the people that are concerned about going to work. Like, you know, my dad uh, drives from Muni in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And other, several other family members that are like, all right, I got to be out here. <laughs> and I, I don't want to catch this thing, you know? And, yep. so, um, and so it's like, it's, it's, kind, it's sort of like the, um, so those are very real examples, but it kind of relates back to the Zoom analogy, because uh, if, you know, Zoom kind of is winning now because it's like everyone's go to, it's word of mouth right now, mm -hmm. way more than any type of 
I mean, I, I bought an account. I, I paid for this account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got me. <laughs> they got me. Uh, but they were already doing it. Now they're kind of like earning on the moment. You know, I haven't seen them cut their prices. Maybe they have. I don't know. Um, and then there are people that are just like, uh, even though they may be more available to them, they they're kind of in the stumpers. Like, oh mm-hmm. man, like, what do you say to those people that are? Uh, like kind of struggling right now and this is some this is something that i always most definitely you know I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because one thing i always tell people you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps if you don't have boots or straps you can't invest in the stock market if you don't get paid enough to even pay your rent you get what i'm saying and so in a situation like this where it's twice as it, the weight is twice as heavy um, I think that's when it's even more important to think about a silver lining. You get what I'm saying? Um, as you mentioned, you watch the news all day. And this is what I always tell people. Watch the news, be informed, but don't watch no more than 10 to 15 minutes. Because honestly, after that 10 or 15 minute, they just repeating the same information. And, and it's like you're sitting around that. You have to take it serious. Yes. But at the same time, like you said, it, it's, it's gloomy. It's gloomy as hell. And when you surround yourself with that much gloom, you, it, it is going to start to weigh on your spirit. And so I always tell people, like, stay creative. Um, write, read, color if you got to. They even got a coloring app. You know, like, just take your – no, for real, like, take your yeah, – yeah, yeah. Remind yourself that you are a human being and that you were a person before this pandemic and that you were even a person before the, the, weights, the weight of the world was even – heavy on you. you a lot of times we lose our own humanity you get what i'm saying getting stuck in the rigmarole of of going to the job or making them money or trying to provide for the family that we forget damn i actually like to run or i like to color or i like to draw you know like we forget who we are you know those aspects of us that make us us and that make us smile on the inside and that's what i would tell people you may it, it may not be starting a Robin Hood or an Acorn account for you. That's that's our silver lining. You get what I'm saying? For for other individuals, it may be as simple as going on a walk. You work so much that you never really walk down the street in your own neighborhood. Or you haven't done so since since the early 2000s. You get what I'm saying? Like to really take in what's going on around you and to really plan. And 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 I don't have kids, but one thing I tell my friends with kids is teach your kids about the family about the morals about the history you know like have conversations with your people that you that you've been meaning to have you know like write that book you've been meaning to write write that tv show or that movie you've been meaning to write you know like or just write some bullshit (laughs) for real write how you feeling damn it's gloomy as hell like i feel sad the news is sad but it's bright as hell outside today you know like right now and, and and and, we're, and, and, and I don't mean to, to take away from her situation, but you, can, you and Frank right now. And Frank was literally a young lady that was quarantined because of Nazi Germany. And she just started writing. Had to be in the house all day. I'm look. I I pray that when this is all over, we get a thousand Anne Frank autobiographies. We get. Um, they said Sir Isaac Newton discovered gravity while being quarantined during the during the plague. 
I hope we get a million Sir Isaac Newtons in the house right now. Yeah, everybody on TikTok, but I'm even, I'm even saying, what can we get from that? You get what I'm saying? Make some TikTok videos. Create a new challenge. You get what I'm saying? Like, have fun. This is, I think this is really a, like, we have, aside, I think one of the biggest silver linings in, in this whole pandemic thing that can be used for individuals that are, that are down or maybe feeling gloomy is this is really a time to reconnect with yourself, with your family, even if it's through Zoom, even if it's through text messages, even if it's through Facebook. This is really a time to just check in on your folks, check in on your family, your friends, um, and just plan for yourself. Think. Think. I, it's so much. We do so much running around and so much working and stuff. We are such a work-centered society that, you know, people don't have time to think. Now is really a time to just think. What you going to do when this is over? What you going to do in three years? What you going to do in five years? And a lot of times we so busy chasing a check or trying to make sure that the lights don't get cut off or that they don't send too many pink letters to the house that we don't really get to do that long-term planning or we don't really get to impart knowledge and wisdom on subsequent generations because we always on the go right now we really we got time we we got time <laughs> and, and, and we just we got to use this time as wisely as possible we can't use this time if we use this time having funeral talk then that'll be a waste of time mm. but if we use this time to really plan and i know for some people for some that's easier said than done but i'm gonna need for some people that it's harder for to start making it easier you get what i'm because we got nothing but time we got nothing but time if them kids is in the house making too much noise send them on an excursion down the street <laughs> <laughs> and you take you some time to think you know how long it's been since i saw kids play outside wow yeah yeah i'm hearing kids in the backyard uh -huh, uh -huh. i ain't like what yeah, yeah, I thought that was dead. I thought, well, I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know it was kids in my neighborhood. What do you mean? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. You know, so it's like, send the kids outside to get a couple scrapes and bruises on their knees and elbows, you know, like, come, you know how long it's been since kids came in smelling like outside? Send them outside to smell like, out, to come in smelling like outside. Like, <laughs> so, like outside. Or you go outside to smell like, you know, when was the last time you smelled like outside? You get what I'm saying? So it's like, mm -hmm. like, you, use this time. Like, I really, this is, this. we gonna look back and we gonna say, man, I, that was a lot of time that I had. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of time on my hands. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I always, time is way more valuable than money. You, money, money come and go. Mm -hmm. You can, you can get money. With, you know, with the right scheme or with the right job, you can get some money. But with time, once, once that's gone, that's gone. We really have time. It's, it's couples that are spending more time together than they have since they probably was dating each other or Instagram stalking each other. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, for real. Like, this, like, you have a chance to relearn your, your, your partner. You have a chance to relearn your kids. You have a chance to relearn your family, your community, yourself. That's what, you know, it, bare minimum, if you're not going to take up a new hobby, this is an opportunity to relearn yourself. Mm. Mm. Councilmember Johnson, Richmond, California, dropping gems. <laughs> um, 
You a preacher too, bro? You got some minister in your Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to say that to... Uh, oh, no. I, I, I was moved. I was moved. Um, I'm just... I, I'm glad I asked you that question, you know, because that perspective is... Um, I share it. Uh, and that's know, nothing against I, uh, preachers. I think... I I think to, I, oh, did I miss you? Did I lose oh, you? no, no. No, I was, just, I was just saying, and that's nothing against preachers and pastors. I just don't want to misrepresent myself as one of them. <laughs> Can you hear me? I lost you. Can you yeah. hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everybody's broadband is compromised because we all on Zoom all over the country. Uh, and everybody's at home. Yeah. My, uh, I had to I had to call Xfinity because I wasn't getting my Wi-Fi signal on some of my devices. They said, yeah, it's a shortage in your area. Mm -hmm. And I just had to eat that. Some of these things, and that's another message I want to say to the people. Get, be patient with the people. Be patient with the world. <laughs> For real, this is the first time hey. that this has happened in modern history. Yeah. I just be upgraded patient. my package, though. I just, like, I, I paid more for my Xfinity right before this happened because I was always having connection issues. And I was like, man, this, what's, what's the, give me, I'm paying for it. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, everybody's online now. So, you know, be, you know. Um, be patient with Xfinity, AT&T, Netflix, Hulu, be patient with everybody, y'all, because <laughs> everybody at the house. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I, I, I've been on this. I've been on the path of like trying to figure out how to rework my days around um, self improvement for like several years. And so I, I, I'm that person. Like I'll try 30 days of no sugar. Right now mm -hmm. I'm doing like 30 days of 50 blurbies. You know, 50 blurbies every morning. Yep. Um, uh, reading half an hour a day, have a morning routine that includes prayer, meditation, and that free writing, like write some bullshit, like write a page or like just whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and I have time to make sure I don't miss any of that right now, right? Um, and so, you know, I want to I want to mention a few things. Like, uh, if you want to uh, see more of these videos, you can go on YouTube. It's Cook on Monday morning. It's going to be the Cook on Quarantine video. I have a website, stevoncook.com, that has past blogs and episodes. Uh, I'm on Twitter at stevoncook, Instagram at stevoncook. Um, where can people get a hold of you, council member? So um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's just my name, Dimless Johnson III, and that's D as in David, E as in Elijah, M as in Matthew, N as in Nancy, L as in Larry, U as in United, S as in States, Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Um, you can just type that in the search box. On Facebook, my pops might come up, but you can tell that, that you can tell which profile is which because of my <laughs> profile picture. So, <laughs> so that, you know, once again, that's D-E-M. N-L-U-S Johnson um, on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, yeah, hit me up. We can have more conversations there. You can find out more information about, you know, the things that I'm um, doing or got coming up. I'm also, you know, um, we have this YPN, um, Young Professionals Network, that I'm a part of. Um, we consistently hold an event um, Rock Nation type brunches. So if y'all want to come out looking oh. fly and get, oh. you know, <laughs> so 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 most definitely social distancing, y'all be re yeah. Oh oh, <laughs> we've already been talking about how when this social when once 
um, summertime hit. Gavin said, June, we may even go into, you know, we're going to plan for July, really. <laughs> July, hot August nights. I know y'all remember people, hot yeah, August nights. Flooded, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so YPN, we most definitely, you know, we, 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 we got some stuff up our sleeves. So even during this social distancing stuff, we want to make sure that, you know, we checking in with one another. We even be having our own little Zoom parties and stuff. So want to make sure that everybody, you know, tapped in and taken care of. So, you know, please hit us up, follow us on, on the social media. Yeah, well, you know, I think um, I want to encourage you to continue to use your voice. You have a very powerful message. Um, and uh, you obviously are doing that because, you know, you're the youngest elected official in the history of the city of Richmond. And, <laughs> and you're very active. But if you if you were to do some sort of like, um, daily motivation or do your own like uh, YouTube series or whatever the case may be. I'm sure you're finding a lot of ways to make use of your time, but um, I think that, um, you know, the world will really benefit from hearing more from you. Um, so uh, thank you, sir. No problem, man. I, hey, I appreciate what you just said, man. I never had nobody to, like say that to me, so I most definitely appreciate those words of encouragement as well. I appreciate you for having me on your podcast. Uh, most definitely would be sure to share once it's, uh, you know, I'll share it once it drops. So, yeah, once again, thank you. And if there's anything I can do in regards to your campaign, you know you got my support. So if you need me to come make a few phone calls, um, I'm not sure what, you know, campaigning going to look like with social distancing, but, hey, you got <laughs> me, man. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, everything is kind of like, everything's going virtual. It's kind of, the only thing I'm really trying to focus on is do, doing more stuff that's kind of like this where value can be given to people and, um, you know, it doesn't have to be an ask. You know, let's just, like, create value in people's lives and uh, hear people's stories like yours that are um, interesting and inspiring. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the focus at the moment. But I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, you on the city council, I'm trying to get on it. Like, I need to be... <laughs> Asking, you know. What I'm <laughs> hey man, y'all got the hitters in San Francisco. Y'all got Shema coming out uh, of San Francisco. Uh, Malia uh, came uh, out of San Francisco. Uh, 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 who else? Lon of course, London. Like, come on, <laughs> y'all yeah, got the yeah. hitters over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me let me end with that actually because I like I I'm actually reading um, the autobiography of Marion Barry and. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, his story, uh, he obviously had a lot of controversy at the end of his career, but, um, you know, this like highly active college student. Mm -hmm. Snick. You know, he, he reminded me of some of the stuff that I read about when I was, um, as I've been going through his early years. Mm -hmm. um, who were some of your like influences and what are some, what, are, what, what is a book you would recommend? Um, and that's crazy you say that, right? Because Mary, I was, when I was in Washington DC at Howard University, I went in with that, you know, Marion Barry, he was this controversial figure, but then I left and Marion Barry was actually one of my heroes. Mm -hmm. um, what he did for Washington, D.C. and the citizens of Washington, D.C. and he created the black middle class in Washington, D.C. in terms of modern history. Mm -hmm. um, when I look at um, Maynard Jackson and what he did in the city of, of Atlanta and how he made sure that procurement was done in an equitable manner when equity wasn't even being talked about. Mm -hmm. um, Mayor Bradley of Los Angeles, when he just came in there and, and he was a black man who was 
a black mayor, but then he most definitely served every bit of the public. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and even bringing it back closer to home, Mayor Willie Brown, like mm -hmm. say what you want about the man, that is one of my heroes. And honestly, I wouldn't be in office if it wasn't for the help that he provided. Um, his autobiography is one that I'm working through right now as well. Um, Byron Rumford, he was one of the first black assembly members elected to the state of California's assembly. Um, his whole participation in East Bay and Bay Area politics and California politics really like blew my mind and really inspired me um, more locally. Cats like James McMillan, who's also my frat brother, my fellow alpha. Um, so, you know, the work that he did in the city of Richmond, Booker T. Anderson, Irma Anderson, um, you know, just a, a, a bunch of individuals here locally who, who held it down, you know, consistently throughout the decades. And so um, those individuals are people that I really look at, really look up to um, <clears throat> a book that I go around champion. Like I'm supposed to be like, like I wrote it <laughs> um, is, is for colored girls who have considered politics. It is an What's amazing the title? title again. The, the title is for colored girls who have considered politics. And I'm okay. actually, yep. I'm going through my books right now to bring you it up. <laughs> um, Zoom in. I see it. The, these women have literally, um, is written by Donna Brazil, mm -hmm. um, who, who I actually had the pleasure of meeting. And I actually had the pleasure of meeting all of these women at a, at a certain point in time. Yolanda Carraway, Leah Darty, and Mignon Moore, these women, whether it was Jesse Jackson's campaign for president, um, Walter um, Mondale's campaign, um, Dukakis, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, these systems have been the backbone of American, of democratic politics for about two, two to three decades now. Mm -hmm. And how they move is so mean and it's so intentional, everything that they do, even if you're not considering going into politics, just their story and, and their drive and their vigor is just so inspirational. Um, and, and I take my direction from Black women anyway. So... <laughs> so. We preach you again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some men don't like when I say that. I always tell them, look, our role is the same role that Black women played during the Civil Rights Movement. We may have a few breakout stars, a few Fannie Lou Hammers and Ella Bakers, but it's our, we, we got to take a back seat and help and, and promote them. That's, mm -hmm. that's where it's at right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. That's, that's the move. So. Thank you, bro. Right, Thank bro. you. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime.